Praise the Lord. This morning, our message is entitled, Learning Our Purpose in Christ. Uh, this is going to finish out the series, this last segment of messages. We've been learning about our love in Christ, our identity in Christ, our faith in Christ, and now we've made it to our eternal purpose in Christ. And that's what these beautiful signs that are going to be replaced soon, and there'll be uh, some other signs on the wall, that's what they mean. Uh, before we were born again, we did not have life. We know that Jesus Christ died so that we might have life in him now. And what that life consists of that he's now given us, we now have the love of Christ. So we have received it and we can also give it. We also have the identity of Christ. I believe it's Galatians 2 and 20 that says it is no more we who live. It's not me who lives here now, but Christ lives in me. Can you say that with me? Christ lives in me. So once you've been born again, the old life is gone and praise God for new life. That'd be a good name for a church. I might start a church one day, new life. Yeah. All right. So we also have the faith of Jesus Christ as well. So the same faith that he had, we have too. How do I know this to be a fact? Because he, would, he said that the works that he did on this earth, we would do even greater works. Can you say greater works? So in order to do greater works, we have to have faith as well. I remember when he saw the fig tree and there was no figs on the tree and he cursed the tree. And the very next day, the disciples said, wow, Jesus, that tree you cursed, it's shriveled up and dead already. And he said, listen, don't, you don't even have to marvel at that fact. You're going to be able to speak to mountains. I spoke to a tree, but you'll be able to speak to a mountain and say, mountain be moved and thrown and cast into the sea. That that's the kind of faith that you guys have. You don't have minuscule faith. You don't have mouse faith. You've got lion faith. Jesus Christ was the lion of the tribe of Judah, and on the inside of you is that lion faith, but you got to stop acting like a mouse and act more like a lion, all right? You can stomp at a mouse, and a mouse will run. If you stomp at a lion, you'll be doing the running. Eternal purpose is the last one here at the bottom. Jesus Christ has given us a new purpose as well. So in him we have new love, new identity, new faith, and also new purpose. So our message today is learning our purpose in Christ, a divine assignment. Now, Pastor Jim loves Noah's Webster, Noah Webster's Dictionary, year 1525 or something like that. I can't call the year. All right. But... Uh, the word assignment is not in the dictionary. That's a word that the Holy Spirit has given me, assignment. And it's kind of fun to say. Can you say assignment? Assignment is this. It's the reason that you're born again. A re the reason that you're born again is so that you can be a light for God in this dark world and you can shine in your purpose through love, through joy, through peace. You see, before we were made born again in Christ, we were sinners. We lived in darkness. But when God saved you, listen to this, it was none of your doing at all. God chose you and God saved you for a purpose. Say this with me. God saved me for a purpose. 
You see, the purpose was not just so that you would not go to hell for all of eternity, but that's a great reason to I'll sign up for that, all right? But the purpose was that so that when you had life on this earth, you'd be able through love and through kindness to lead others to the same love in Christ that you have found. You've got a purpose. So the summary of this message is this. We've been given a new life in Christ so that we may fulfill the eternal purpose God ordained for our lives in him. An assignment to shine his light through us for all to see the way of salvation. Just the other day, I was at Dollar General, and I didn't have my microphone with me, so I couldn't preach a sermon, all right? But I did live a sermon. Uh, I thought I was going to get my son some more boxers. He was short on boxers. Dad, I need more boxers. So I thought I was at Dollar General for that. But when God saved me, he ordained or he ordered my steps so that everywhere I would go, there would be purpose, even if it's Dollar General and even if I don't have a microphone. All right. So the lady in front of me was there with her daughter and her daughter, as children do, was looking at all the stuff that was intentionally placed at the cash register to make you buy it. All right. And there was fingernail polish there. And the girl was looking at this fingernail polish and um, she said, mommy, 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 can I have this? And the mom was like, no, no, you know, I only got enough money uh, for the things that I came from. I'm so sorry. And you could tell she was such a sweet girl because she didn't throw a fit and act crazy and none of that stuff. So she's well-mannered uh, girl. So she put it back and went about her business. And the, the Holy Spirit moved upon me to go ahead and buy this fingernail polish for this girl. So I was moved with compassion. Can you say Compassion. Compassion is love in action. When God lives on the inside of you, one of the ways that the light shines is through love. All right? So I didn't have a microphone. I didn't preach a sermon. But I, I, I bought the, the fingernail polish for her, the little girl, ran out to the car uh, where they were, and I said, Mom, uh, here's something for somebody very special. I think you'll know who. And she looked inside, and you could tell she wanted to, to shed a tear. And she was just so appreciative and thankful for for that moment. That was a sermon. That was an assignment. Can you say assignment? Assignment is when God's children do something on this planet in the name of love for the sake of God so that other people might see that, hey, this world ain't so bad. There's still some good people here. There, this guy's a perfect, perfect Perfect stranger? I don't know. Total stranger, okay? And here he is showing love and kindness to my daughter. We are on assignment. Listen very closely to me. God did not save you just so that you would avoid hell one day. There is work to do while you are still alive. There are assignments. There are people that need your kindness. Another example, I was at the gym last week and I met a guy, uh, his name's Gabe, in the locker room. And I I began talking to him for the first time and um, I felt compelled for a moment to invite him to church. So I was going to look in my wallet and get an invitation out, a little business card to invite him to church. And the Holy Spirit said, mm -mm, no, don't do that. Don't do that. You be the business card. 
You be the invitation. Don't invite him to church. Invite him to Christ just through a relationship. Be a bridge. See, I didn't preach salvation to him. I didn't tell him anything about Jesus or where the church was. I just allowed a bridge of friendship to come down so that he might cross it one day to know Christ. You see, Noah built an ark out of wood for the salvation of those who would be saved. Jesus Christ died on wood, which was a cross, for the salvation of those that will be saved. We have wood as well. And the wood that we have is Jesus said, if you desire to be my disciples, pick up your crosses and follow me. And what that cross can become, that wood of that cross can become, is a bridge to the lost that don't know him. And that bridge, brothers and sisters, must be a bridge of friendship. You don't have to get them saved immediately. Be a friend, be kind, be loving, be gentle. And then there'll be a day where they ask, man, why are you so happy? Why are you so nice to me? What, what, what is it? <laughs> then you pull out the microphone. No, I'm just kidding. All right, say this with me. On assignment. We're going to go to Ephesians chapter 2, verse 10, to see about this assignment that God has for us. Of course, that's uh, the marriage of the word shine and assignment, because I want you to know that the light and love of God, once you're born again, lives on the inside of you for a purpose. Ephesians 2.10 says this, For we are God's masterpiece. He has created us anew, in Christ Jesus, so we can do the good things he planned for us long ago. So listen, every single one of you, the reason that you're sitting here today is because God invented you for a purpose. And that purpose was not just to manage, restore, or to work at UPS, or to sell metal, or to do drywalling. These are the things that help put food on our table, okay? But it's not our divine purpose. So before God even framed the earth, before he said, let there be light, before he made waterfalls and galaxies, he had a purpose in mind, and that purpose is in you, but it's also in Christ Jesus. So before your purpose comes fully alive, you've got to be born again in Jesus Christ, because once a person is in Christ, all the old things pass away, and everything becomes new. I'll tell you again, we are God's masterpiece. Say this with me. I am God's masterpiece. So the next time somebody calls you out of your name, you just say, no, that's not me. I'm not one of those. I am God's masterpiece. He made me for a specific reason. And what he has created us for are good things. But those good things can only be done through Jesus Christ. So let's look at the assignments of those two dynamic forces that are in this earth right now. Let's go to John 10 and 10. So we're not ignorant. We understand that we have an opponent whose name is Satan and he comes to do something but Jesus Christ has also come to this world to do something that he succeeded in so let's hear a little bit about their assignments John 10 10 
So, the devil or the thief does not come except to steal and to kill and to destroy. But I have come that they might have life and that they might have it more abundantly. So Jesus uh, came that we might have life and the devil desires to steal it. Jesus came that we might be full of his love, that we might have a new identity, that we might have faith and not fear, and that we might have a purpose in him. Before we were born again, the enemy had a hold of our purpose because we were full of sin. When you are full of sin, you carry out the works of the enemy. In sin, there is murder. There is lying. There is all sorts of uh, stealing. All these things that the devil's agenda wants to push forward in this earth. So when you are in sin, you are tied to his purposes which are to steal, to kill, and to destroy. So I don't care how good a person may be outside of Christ there is no goodness. Outside of Christ there is no divine purpose. We must come to Christ so that we might have life and have life more abundantly. Let's go to Romans chapter 8 28 because some of us might think well I am a Christian and I have been born again but still I go through trouble. Can anyone be bold enough to admit in this room that you are a Christian that still experiences trouble every once in a while. I want you to know that you're not strange. I want you to know that you're not off. I want you to know that it's not that you're not safe enough, that you're not good enough. You're going to experience trouble as a Christian and you can even be righteous and still experience trouble. But I've got some good news for you Christians in Romans 8, 28. And it says this, and we know. Say this with me, church. And I know. Say it like you're convinced. Say it like work owes you a paycheck and they didn't give it to you. And they're saying that you weren't here last week. And you're saying, and I know. <laughs> Thank you, brother. He's keeping it real. You guys are acting too, too saved for me. You know if they owed you some money and they said you didn't work last week and you know you worked every day last week, you'd bust out uh, some Fred Sanford on it, wouldn't you? All right. And one of these across your lips. All right. That's a little old school for you. Let's get back to the Bible. Romans 8:28, And we know that God causes, man, this is good news. God causes everything to work together for the good of those who love God. Do you love God? Those who love God and are called according to his purpose for them. That means this. As long as I love God and I am living on assignment, I am living in Christ, I am obedient to his spirit, no matter what the enemy tries to steal, kill, or destroy in my life will always fail because I've got life in abundance. Not only do I have life, but I've got life in abundance. So even when he does try to touch me or steal 
come from me. I've got so much life that I can't even tell. I'll give you an example. Yes, I had the coronavirus. I survived. My t-shirt even, no, my t-shirt doesn't say it. That would be a cool t-shirt, but I don't have a t-shirt that says that, but my wife and I and my family, we survived it. I know that there's some people that didn't survive it. I know there's some Christians that didn't survive it, but I know where they are. They're with Jesus. So they've got it even better than me. So listen, my testimony is that I survived it, but the testimony of those Christians that did not survive it is even greater than my testimony because they're with Jesus right now for all of eternity and they're waiting on us. Amen? So, when you are living on assignment, nothing can take you out of here. You will not leave this world before his time for you to leave. Some might disagree, but I don't. I know that the word of God says that I live in his hand and nothing can pluck me out of his hand. I don't care if it's coronavirus number 87. What are we on, 19 now? I don't care if it's 87. If it's not my time to go, it cannot take me out of here because that would have to mean that the virus is stronger than the word of God and the word of God does not fail. Amen. If you are a first time visitor here, I'm not yelling at you. I just get a little bit excited sometimes. All right. Let's keep moving. And we know, say I know. Listen, church, you've got to be absolutely convinced about the Bible because it is true and it does not fail. And I know that God causes everything to work together for the good of a segment of people. And who are those people? Those who love God and are called according to his purpose for them. All right. We're talking about our purpose in Jesus Christ. He came to destroy the works of Satan, and we get to live that out. We get to tread upon scorpions and serpents, and he said nothing by any means shall hurt them. We get to live that out. Christ is our king. He is our head, and we are his body. And everything the head said the body can do, we can do. If this head says left arm go up, left arm go up. If this head says right arm go up, the right arm goes up. And I'm just a man. I want you to think about the divine one, Jesus Christ who's in heaven. And if that head says that this body can tread on scorpions and serpents and shall not be injured in any kind of way, that's what the head means. He didn't say that we have to walk around sickness or hide from trouble. He said that we can walk through it and not be harmed. If we only believe. Amen. Amen. Now, let's go to 1 John chapter 3, and I'm going to try to calm down and catch my breath. 1 John chapter 3, we're talking about an assignment. We were born for a reason. And I think about how those who don't uh, accept their reason, how somebody else, so how God has to shift that purpose to someone else. I think about Esther and how she was talking to her uncle or cousin, I believe, and he was telling her, listen, listen, if maybe the reason that God positioned you here was for such a time as this. And if deliverance doesn't come from you, then he's going to have to raise 
someone else up. And then I think about all the babies that are aborted all over the world and all the purposes that God invented them for and how they have to be shifted to other people because his word does not fail. Everything that God intends to happen on this earth is going to happen. So listen, church, while you have blood running through your veins right now, while your heart is beating, God purposely made you for specific reasons, and if you fail to accomplish those reasons, then someone else is going to have to do them. But he will prefer that the reason that he made you be lived out in you so that when you reach him at the end of time, he can tell you, well done, thou good and faithful servant. And the beautiful thing about this being an invention of God is that God doesn't make junk. The beautiful thing about being an invention of God is that God's inventions don't break down. Yes, we get discouraged. Yes, we go through hard times. Yes, the enemy troubles us and desires us to tear us to pieces. But God... But God is able to do exceedingly and abundantly above all that we might ask or think. And the reason that we have not many times is because we ask not. We must begin to ask. All right. 1 John chapter 3, verse 1. We're talking about our assignment on this earth. Why did God make us? Why did he form us in anew in Jesus Christ? What does he expect from us? And what are we here for? 1 John chapter 3, verse 1. See how very much our Father loves us, for he calls us his children, and that is what we are. But the people who belong to this world don't recognize that we are God's children because they don't know him. Dear friends, we are already God's children, but he has not yet shown us what we will be like when Christ appears. But we do know that we will be like him, for we will see him as he really is. And all who have this eager expectation will keep themselves pure just as he is pure. Everyone who sins is breaking God's law, for all sin is contrary to the law of God. And you know that Jesus came to take away our sins, and there is no sin in him. Anyone who continues to live in him will not sin. But anyone who keeps on sinning does not know him or understand who he is. So let's pause there for a moment. If I live in him and he lives in me, then I am done with sin. I am dead to sin. So what that means is this. If I am going to sin... If a Christian is going to sin, that means that we have to break fellowship with Christ. We have to not be led by his spirit because his spirit will never lead you to sin. Are we in agreement? The Holy Spirit will never lead you to sin. And what makes you a child of God is that you're led by the Spirit of God. So in order to sin, it means that I must cut off communication and fellowship. I must not follow the leading and instruction of the Holy Spirit, but go after my own old spirit. I got to do what I want to do. 
I got to do, uh, fulfill the urge and the lust of my own flesh. It's not Christ's fault. Christ, it, it, if it was, if it was, it, it's his desire that I sin no more. And if I was perfect, which I am not and you are not, we would never sin again. But we've got this flesh to deal with. We've got this lust to deal with. As long as we give it to Christ and live in Christ, we can remain out of sin. But there are times when we fall short. But in those moments when we fall short, we have help. And that help is Jesus Christ. And he still forgives us and allows us to dust ourselves off and to keep going. Let's continue. Verse 7. Dear children, don't let anyone deceive you about this. When people do what is right, it shows that they are righteous, even as Christ is righteous. But when people keep on sinning, it shows that they belong to the devil, who has been sinning since the beginning. But the Son of God, this is the reason Jesus Christ came to the earth. It's his purpose. Listen. But the Son of God came to destroy the works of the devil. Why did Jesus come? To destroy the works of the devil. Those who have been born into God's family do not make a practice of sinning. Okay? So listen, what that means is this. See, Paul said that if any of us say that we are without sin, we are a liar, okay? Because we are going to sin. We're going to mess up sometimes. But the difference is this. We don't make a practice of sinning. Sin is no longer our lifestyle. Sin used to be our lifestyle. It used to be what we did all the time. Now, however, we are righteous in Jesus Christ, but every once in a while, we're going to sin. We're going to to fall short and he's there to forgive us. Let's keep going. Verse 10. So now we can tell who are children of God and who are children of the devil. Anyone who does not live righteously and does not love other believers does not belong to God. Love is a big part of this thing. Those that don't love other believers do not belong to God. Church, we've got to be very careful in this climate. We can't be conformed to the patterns of the world. Out there, it's Republican against Democrat. Out there, it's white against black. Out there, it's young against old. But that garbage does not come into God's house. That garbage does not come into those that belong to Jesus Christ. Because those that belong to Jesus Christ are of one nature. That's it. We are like Christ. We are Christians. You're not a Republican Christian. You're not a Democrat Christian. You're not a black Christian. You're not a white Christian. You're just a Christian. I'm just Christ-like and that's all that I that's all that I uh, uh, adhere to is my new identity in Christ. Don't ever put Republican over Christ. Don't ever put Democrat over Christ. The first thing you are is born again in Christ. Why would you ever call yourself something that doesn't last forever? There are no votes for Democrats or Republicans in the kingdom of God. He rules the kingdom. 
So that stuff is just of the earth. I'm not preaching against politics, but I'm preaching against putting politics above the throne of God. We never tie our identity. It's not Jesus plus this. It's not Christ plus this. It's just Christian. I'm just simply a believer. I'm not a Baptist believer. I'm not a Pentecostal believer. I'm not a Catholic believer. I'm not a Methodist believer. I am just a believer in Jesus Christ. And when we all do that, we become one. We become one. And it's the devil's job to break us up and to cause division between us all and to make us see ourselves separate even in church. And that's a trick of the enemy. Say this with me. I am on assignment. When you're on assignment, you don't have time for that garbage. When you're on assignment, you keep your eyes on Jesus and the work that he's called you to do because we don't know when he's going to call us home. Amen? Verse 11. This is the message you heard from the beginning. We should love one another. Look at somebody in this building and say, I love you. Even if you don't know them. It doesn't matter if you know them or not. I love you. Do you know why? Because you can't help it. Do you know why? Because God lives in you. Who is God? God is love. We can't help but love people. Even when they hate us and even when they dog us out, we can't help but love people if God lives in you. Amen? The word of God says if somebody slaps you on one side of the cheek, you give them the other side of your face. Please do not try that experiment if you're not full of the love of God. Because it'll be deputy Tibbs coming and not pastor Tibbs coming because you hit somebody back. All right? You've got to be full of God's love in order to show God's love. Do you remember the love cycle? It starts with receiving God's love, loving God back, and then being able to love ourselves righteously so that we might love others as well. Let's continue. Verse 12, we must not be like Cain who belonged to the evil one and killed his brother. And why did he kill him? Because Cain had been doing what was evil and his brother had been doing what was righteous. So don't be surprised, dear brothers and sisters, if the world hates you. Listen, let them hate you. Don't you conform. Don't water down your gospel. Don't sit there and nod and agree with them and say, yeah, you're right. Those people are terrible. Nope, you don't. Don't get involved with any of that garbage. You just let them hate you because they hated your Lord. How much did they hate your Lord? That they crucified him while he was innocent. Okay, so they're going to hate you as well, but you love them anyway. Think about one person you hate right now. Love them. Think about that family member you don't like anymore. Love them. Remember, the Bible says that if we say we're out without sin, we're liars. So we got to look for sin inside sometimes. We got to do an evaluation. Who gets on my last nerve? Who's that coworker I just want to mm, hip check them? That was a hip check if you don't know what I was doing. Who is it? You got to start evaluating your life and say, does hate live in me anywhere? Because wherever hate is, God isn't. Do we understand that? 
God will give us patience to love those people who are hard to love because guess what? You used to be one of them and some of you might still be one of them. I won't look at anybody. Let's keep going. If we love our brothers and sisters who are believers, it proves that we have passed from death to life. But a person who has no love is still dead. Anyone who hates another brother or sister is really a murderer at heart. And you know that murderers don't have eternal life within them. Now listen, it, it breaks my heart that, that within churches there, are still, there is still racism. It breaks my heart that in churches there are still people who uh, politi there's political hate in churches, but that's not in crisis church, okay? You got to let that stuff go. You got to be careful what's coming in because whatever's coming in is going to come out. If you're listening to a particular uh, news uh, a source that hates this side, hate for you is going to grow for that side. If you're hanging around family, I, I deal with it now. Uh, the, one of the schools called me out and says there's a little kid that's saying some, saying some mean things about another little black boy uh, on, on the bus, okay? And we know for a fact that that little kid did not learn that by itself, don't we? We know that hatred and racism and bigotry and prejudice are all taught all right? And so we've got to be able to break that cycle and say, no, we are going to love people. So I thank God for the position he's given me at the sheriff's office because that's not a police call. That was a pastor call to say, hey, will you come talk to this little boy and will you come talk to the class about, you know, accepting people no matter what they look like? Can you say assignment? See, even my job at the sheriff's office is an assignment. Even the house you live in next to the neighbors you live by is an assignment. But we can't afford to hide our lights under a bucket and say, well, since they had a Trump sign or Biden sign, I'm not baking them cookies next year. Let that garbage go. Love one another. Amen? All right, let's keep going. <laughs> verse 14 we know what real love is is because Jesus gave up his life for us so we also ought to give up our lives for our brothers and sisters if someone has enough money to live well and sees a brother or sister in need but shows no compassion how can God's love be in that person remember my dollar general assignment I had money you know, and, and the, the little girl, mom, she, she didn't have enough money. So if I can stand there and totally ignore that whole situation and not be moved to do anything at all, the Bible says, though, how can I say the love of God is in me? Church, listen, stop. Listen, it's okay not to mind your own business when it comes to doing good. Do you hear what I'm saying? Verse 21. Because I got to be honest with you, uh, the enemy put a thought in my head uh, that the mom was just going to be like, uh, you know, why don't you mind your own business? I, I, don't, I don't need your charity. I don't need your generosity. And see, the devil puts those kind of thoughts in your head so that you don't turn your light on. 
so that you will allow him to, to get the victory in that situation when God got the victory instead. Verse 21. Dear friends, if we don't feel guilty, we can come to God with bold confidence and we will receive from him whatever we ask because we obey him and do the things that please him. Remember, all things work together for good for those who love God and are called according to his purpose. Verse 23, and this is his commandment. We must believe in the name of his son, Jesus Christ, and love one another just as he commanded us. Those who, those who obey God's commandments remain in fellowship with him and he with them. And we know he lives in us because the spirit he gave us lives in us. Church, can you say this with me? On assignment. I'm going to do a summary of 1 Peter uh, chapter 2, verses 4 through 9. It talks about how Jesus Christ came and how he was rejected uh, and how he later became uh, the chief cornerstone. Verse 5 tells us that we are now living stones, that God is building into his spiritual temple, that we are his holy priest. This is our assignment, okay? Through the mediation of Jesus Christ. So he has made us to be living stones. It's been almost two years ago now, but I was standing there in Jerusalem at the site of the old temple at the Wailing Wall where they, they go and they pray there. And what they believe is this, when the temple was destroyed, that the Spirit of God that was in the Holy of Holies left there and went into the wall. So that's why they stand before the wall and they pray and they put prayers inside that, that wall because they believe that the Holy Spirit or God's Spirit went into the wall. Okay? But as I was standing there and praying, uh, actually before I even walked up to the wall, God told me this. He said, you know what? You are the living stone. You are what I'm going to build my church out of. I don't use bricks and mortar to build a church. I don't live in bricks. I live in people. Okay, so that's who we are now. Say this with me. I am the church of God. He lives in us now. So that's what we must remember, okay? Um, let's skip down to verse 9. It tells us that we are a chosen people, a royal priest, a holy nation, God's very own possession. Remember, we're talking about a shine. So listen to this part. As a result, you can show others the goodness of God, for he called you out of darkness into his wonderful light. We're on assignment. Let's go to 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verses 11 through 21. And it looks like we only have two more passages, uh, one more passage after this. Listen closely. We are God's ambassadors. Because we understand our fearful responsibility to the Lord, we work hard to persuade others. We work hard to persuade others. God knows we are sincere, and I hope you know this too. And are we commending ourselves to you again? No, we are giving you a reason to be proud of us so you can answer those who brag about having a spectacular ministry rather than having a sincere heart. If it seems we are crazy, it is to bring glory to God. And if we are in our right minds, it is for your benefit. Either way, Christ's love controls us. 
Since we believe that Christ died for all, we also believe that we have all died to our old life. He died for everyone so that those who receive his new life will no longer live for themselves, church. When we receive Jesus Christ as our Savior, we no longer live for ourselves. Instead, we will live for Christ who died and was raised for us. So we have stopped evaluating others from a human point of view. At one time, we thought of Christ merely from a human point of view, how differently we know him now. This means that anyone who belongs to Christ has become a new person. The old life is gone, a new life has begun. Pastor Jim brought out these scriptures last week, and you're going to hear them more and more and more. Verse 18, and all of this is a gift from God who brought us back to himself through Christ. And God has given us this task. So remember, at the very beginning, I said that God invented you. And before he created the world, he had a purpose for you. Here is that purpose. And God has given us a task, a job, an assignment of reconciling people to him. For God was in Christ, reconciling the world to himself. So since God was in Christ, God is in us as well through the Holy Spirit. Christ is in us too. For God was in Christ reconciling the world to himself, no longer counting people's sins against them. And he gave us this wonderful message of reconciliation. So when you hear, uh, let my light shine or let your light shine, do you know what the light actually is? It's the gospel. It's the message of salvation. So your light is not just the good works. My light is not just uh, buying purple fingernail polish for a little girl. That, that's not my light. I mean, it's a part of my light, but it's not the major light. You see, the Bible says this. One plants, one waters, and then God gives the increase. We don't know what happened there uh, at Dollar General. Maybe, maybe while she was in line there, and this is just me speculating, so just wrote, take a walk with me, all right? Maybe she said a little prayer while she was in line and says, God, this really breaks my heart that I can't buy this fingernail polish for my daughter. God, if you're real, if you're really real, would you do something? Would you not let a miracle happen? And then here comes this 200-something pound black man running through the parking lot <laughs> with fingernail polish. All right? I don't know if that happened or not, but it could. Because God said, one plants, one waters, and then God gives the increase. Listen, we all play a little part. Your part might not be leading somebody in the sinner's prayer. Your part might just be opening a door for them and smiling and saying, God bless you. Your part might be, it might be so minuscule to you. But listen, a 5,000-piece puzzle of the earth still needs every little piece of the puzzle for that picture to come together. So the picture of God's salvation in somebody's life, you might hold one little puzzle piece, all right, to make that salvation complete in them. Let's continue. 
For God was in Christ reconciling the world to himself, no longer counting people's sins against them. And he gave us this wonderful message of reconciliation. Say this with me, church. I have a wonderful message. You do, okay? And that's what you share with those who God gives you to share it with. I think for the most part, and, and this is why we're trying to change the culture of this church all around, I think for the most part, we all do, and if, if I'm wrong, you can come up to me after church and say, Pastor, did, that statement did not include me, all right? I think we do a poor job of sharing the message. If there's one amen and a half amen over there, all right? We do a poor job of what we were divinely sent on assignment in this world to do, which is to share that message. Oh, I'll tell you all about the fish sandwich at Cupid, but I won't share this message with you. Or I'll tell you where uh, Menards has this on sale, but I won't share this message with you. I'll ask you if you watched the Super Bowl last night, but I won't share this message with you. We'll share everything else except the very reason God made us was to share the message of the gospel. Thanks for that clap, Pastor Jim. Verse 20, so we are Christ's ambassadors. God is making his appeal through us. What's that look like? God wants to save the world. He did it through his son, Jesus Christ, but there's people that don't know about it. So he said, I need some people in the year 2021 to survive COVID-19 so that my message can still go out in this earth that I am the Lord thy God who saves. But I need some people who are willing to tell me, my people that. So just like God was in Jesus, all right, he's in us too, making an appeal to the whole world. Listen, please, church, please use your Facebook page to spread the gospel, not the gossip. I love when it gets quiet because that means I'm just so right. I mean that you're, you're so right, not me, God. You're so right. When it gets quiet, that's better than an amen sometimes. All right, let's keep going. Verse 20. So we are Christ's ambassadors. God is making his appeal through us. We speak for Christ. Do you see this? We speak for Christ when we plead, come back to God. For God made Christ who never sinned to be the offering for our sin so that we could be made right with God through Christ. Church, say this with me. I am on assignment. Now listen, unlike the lights in this building, we are talking lights. We have a message to share. First, we live it out through friendships, through kindness, okay? And then, see, the Bible says it's only the Holy Spirit that can draw someone to salvation, okay? But in the meantime, you just love them. No matter how unlovable, I've worked with some mean people. Are, are they watching? If you're watching, say hello. <laughs> I've worked with some mean, mean people. But you know what? Didn't work on me. You know why? The love of God just melts people. They just can't even do it. They try to be mean. They 
try to be nasty, and then here's what they'll do. They might not be your friend, but they'll leave you alone. They sure will avoid you because they don't want none of that joy getting on them. All right? They like being pickle-faced. That's when you drink pickle juice and your mouth gets on me. All right. If you don't know what that is, I'll bring a mirror sometime. Let's go on to Matthew chapter 5, verses 13 through 16, and we're going to end here. I think the Holy Spirit has made his case this morning that we have an assignment and that God made us for a purpose, okay? It's not just where you work. It's not just your secular job. It's not just the kids that, the, that were born through your union. It's not just your husband or your wife. He made you for a divine purpose because, look, even sinners can do all that stuff. Sinners can make babies. Sinners can work jobs. Sinners can do all these natural things. So he, you weren't born just to do something carnal because he can get any man or any woman to do that. You were born for a divine reason. And that divine reason is so that you could shine. I'll show you here and then we'll come to a close. Matthew 5.13 says this. You are the salt of the earth. But if the salt loses its flavor, how shall it be seasoned? How shall what be seasoned? The earth. How is the earth going to be seasoned if the salt has no flavor? Again, when you have an encounter with people, they shouldn't be left with the flavor of Democrat, the flavor of Republican, the flavor of this, the flavor of that. Every time your life you have an encounter with someone, they should be left with the seasoning of God, the flavor of God, the love of God, the peace of God. All right? You are the salt of the earth, but if the salt loses its flavor, how shall it be seasoned? It is then good for nothing but to be thrown out and trampled underfoot by men. You are the light of the world. Say this with me, church. I am the light of the world. A city that is set on a hill cannot be hidden. So you cannot hide. If God lives in you, you cannot hide even if you tried. Uh, there's a vitamin shop here in town that I walked into the other day and uh, been twice now. And um, the, the guy that helped me, even with a mask on, I had a mask on. And the guy that helped me said, you're a Christian, aren't you? I said, yeah. I didn't. Have, I had on my, my uniform, actually. I said, yeah. He said, I can just tell. I can just tell. See, church, we walk different. We talk different. We live different. We have an aura about us, and it doesn't belong to us. It belongs to Christ. You see, Christ had to leave this earth so that he could be multiplied. The Word of God says, except a kernel of wheat fall to the ground and die, it abideth alone. But if it dies, it brings forth much fruit. Although Jesus Christ was the first God-man on this earth, he could only be one place at a time. So he said, it's necessary that I go away. Because if I don't, I can't send back the Holy Spirit, my spirit. So you know what? Jesus' public ministry did not start until he received the baptism of the Holy Spirit. And that's when his ministry started. Church, I'm trying to tell you something. If you've been saved and the Holy Spirit lives inside of you, then Jesus wants to do work through your life. He needs 
needed to duplicate himself because he was he was restricted to just one body but now since he's went back and sent his spirit down to earth he's multiplied himself all over the world so you're not just Kyle and Dawn and Bud you are a representative of Jesus Christ his spirit lives within you and everything he did you're capable of doing and the main thing is this yes he healed and yes he delivered and yes he broke chains but the greatest thing he came to do was to destroy the work of Satan what was the work of Satan to steal to kill and destroy to make sure that we would suffer the same fate that he would God did not make hell for our souls it was never intended to be that way. So he had to reconcile the world. And now that he's done his job of reconciling, it's our turn. That's what the ministry of reconciliation is all about. We've got to go to those family members that smell like booze, those cousins that are addicted to heroin, those, those prostitutes and those drug dealers that we hide from. If we hide from them we hide Jesus we cannot hide Jesus from them because Jesus didn't hide from us may we be reminded for a moment of the sin we were living in may we be reminded of for a moment that we were living in darkness we were liars cheaters, blasphemers, fornicators, adulterers, idol worshipers. We were lost until a person shared with us the gospel of Jesus Christ. And the word of God says, how beautiful are the feet of those messengers of God. Listen, church, you're not just churchgoers. You're not just seat warmers. You are ministers of the gospel of Jesus Christ. But I don't know what to say. Love them. Love is the language that leads others to the cross. You don't have to know the whole Bible. You just have to know the author. And when you know the author of the Bible, he will speak through you. Six years ago, my father came to the door of my home and knocked on the door and came in and asked my wife and I to sit down. And he said, Damien, God told me that it's time that I hand over the church to you. I said, he did? He said, yeah, he did. He said, I don't think you're ready, but yeah, that's what he said. Two weeks go by of preaching. And he sees, not Damien, he didn't see me because this is what he said, boy, that's not you. That's not you up there. That is the Holy Spirit on the inside of you. And he said, after two weeks, he said, okay, God, you were right. Because he was looking at Damien. And our desire as your pastors and elders is we don't want to just look at you. We want to remember that God lives in you. The Holy Spirit is in you. And when my dad left my house that day, I said a prayer to God. I said, God, 
I just began to think like, man, I haven't been to Bible school. I don't know a lot. I was like, God, I don't know how to be a pastor. And he said this to me, I do. And I never questioned him after that. So listen, as I tell you that you're all ministers of the gospel of Jesus Christ, you might say, but pastor, I don't know how to be a minister. But if you would listen to the Holy Spirit on the inside of you, he will tell you the same thing he told me, which is, I do. Let's stand to our feet this morning. You are the light of the world. A city that is set on a hill cannot be hidden. Nor do they light a lamp and put it under a basket, but on a lampstand. So listen, your job, that's a lampstand. Your marriage, that's a lampstand. The neighborhood you live in, that's a lampstand. It's not the reason you were born. The reason you were born was to shine for Jesus. But he's given you some lampstands to place his light upon. Amen? Because if there's nobody else saving your family, if there's nobody else going after them with the gospel, it's on you. And we have allowed frustration with our family members to make us put our heads under a bushel and say, I guess they just they'll never be saved. I love them, but I guess they won't. Listen, maybe we went about it the wrong way with our family members. Maybe we were too preachy. Maybe we were just trying to get them to church, get them to church, get them to church, instead of taking the church to them. Just be a good person. Be kind. Be a good friend and then let God do the rest. Your friendship and your relationship with sinners will begin to melt the ice of their hearts. You might never see the moment they come to salvation, but my prayer is this, that you bump into them in heaven and then you get to understand that, you know what? I wasn't the final puzzle piece that led them to salvation, but I was one of the pieces. Let your light. Let means allow. But church, this is the Bible, okay? So this word let is also a command. It's not a suggestion. It's not an uh, I advise you. No, it says let. Church, can you say let? Let means turn it on. So I don't say, uh, I, don't, I don't tell my kids to, um, if, if you don't mind, would you please go turn that light on for dad? No, no. I'm dad. So I can say, <laughs> I can just say, I'm, I'm going to be nice, of course, but can you please go turn that light on? And, and they're going to do it. But if they don't do it, and I'm just an earthly father, if they don't do it, there's trouble. Church, listen. If God said let and we don't, there's trouble. Listen, let your light so shine before men. Why is that, God? That they may see your good works and glorify your Father in heaven. So I really hope last week in the parking lot of Dollar General, before that lady pulled off, she said this, thank 
Thank you, God. Thanks for caring about my little girl. Thank you, God, for keeping some good people in this earth. That's the whole point. Not that we should get glory from what we do, the good things that we do for people, but God should get glory. Amen? Let's bow our heads. Father, I come to you now on behalf of these children, and I ask this. Just as you spoke at the beginning of time when there was darkness, and you said, let there be light, and there was light. Now you have a commandment in your word to these ministers of the gospel of reconciliation, and your command is, let your light shine. So God, may our hearts take notice to the command of heaven. May the very reason we've been purposed and put on this earth come alive. May we be lights that shine into the darkness, showing men and women and boys and girls the way of salvation. We are modern day Noah's God. We know where the ark is. And the ark is Jesus. Lord, there is so much darkness in this land. My prayer is that your church would have no parts of it. We are not to be in fellowship with darkness. We go into the darkness, but we stay light. We become all things in order to win some, but we stay light. May we be ministers, God. Everywhere or go, everywhere we go, first in our homes. May every husband be light to the wife. May every wife be light to the husband. Even in the homes where we live alone, God, may we just be a light where we are, a light to our neighbors, a light everywhere we go. We are light. And the light does not belong to us. The light belongs to God. What does belong to us, though, is the bucket, the bucket that we put over our heads. What does belong to us, God, are these legs, these legs that we run down off the hill where we could not be hidden, and now many of us are hiding, God. May we go back for the lost. I pray these things in Jesus' name.